tuned for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy Anderbrock and Carrie Brinker. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. What an absolute blessing it is to have you today listening to the Love Ladies. Thank you, Gavin, for always being so great uh, as our producer. We sure do appreciate it. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and in studio today, joining me is my good, good friend, co-host Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kath. Hey, Carrie. Oh, my gosh, it's so great (laughs) being here in studio in the fantastic Austin, Texas, on Love Talk on the bridge, KTXW, Central Texas Christian Talk, we are building bridges of love and leadership. I love that tagline. And it's just such a fantastic time in Texas. And God is, is working as we lead with love uh, across Texas, across America, and across the world. And we need a little bit more love these days, I think. Kathy, yes, we do. And I, I know our listening friends can hear the giant smiles on our faces because it's just so awesome to have Kathy in studio with us as she's here in Texas for a while, just hanging out. And we're so blessed to have you, Kathy. We're missing our first lady of love today, the beautiful Evelyn Davison. She's taking a brief sabbatical, and we are looking forward to having her back with us in a few weeks. But it's just great to be in studio with you today, Kathy. And we have a great program planned for today. We do. I love this. Okay, so for the summer series, friends, we are doing a day in the life of a witness because we we are witnesses. God has set us in this world to be a witness. And this is not a, a difficult thing. You don't need a theology degree to be a witness. So we're going to be having some fun over these next few weeks interviewing a really diverse group of people who have uniquely stepped up to be a witness to those around them, just sharing what God has done and what God is doing in their lives, some of them through social media, some through books, missions, and uh, we're going to be with someone very shortly who is being a witness through workplace choices. We're very excited about this interview today. We have someone with us who lives in the heart of D.C. and is doing just uh, doing some amazing things at a very special museum. Carrie, am I, am I good to tell them which museum? <laughs> yes, okay. Go for it. it is the Museum of the Bible, and it is incredible. We're talking 430,000 thousand square feet mm. just chronicling uh, the the difference that scripture has made through the history of civilization and the impact that it has in our country today in the world today and so we're going to have this special friend with us in just a moment carrie i know you have been doing vacation bible school all week long all week long you know i am the game lady that is what i do i just get to play and have fun all day, which I love. Um, Of course, it's incredibly hot and my station is outside, but what an absolute blessing. It's it's a joy. Um, The kids, you know, I introduce myself as Miss Carrie, but through the week, I have all of a sudden become crazy Coach Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) I can believe it. Um, Which, you know, I I just, I love that. I love being called Coach, and that's my true passion. So it's just been a joy this week, and it's been great to see your sweet baby girl. She's not a baby girl. She's going to be a freshman in high school. But I see her as the little girl in the nursery that you and I, you know, I had my boy Logan, and you had Faith in there, and we that's how we first got to know each other was hanging out with our babies 
um, in the nursery. So, I, you know, I just see her in, in visiting this week, and it's just been a joy, an absolute joy. Well, Kathy, welcome to the heat, girl. I know. It's, it is a big change from Boise, Idaho. And I would tell you, Carrie, so Faithy came home, and she's like, Mom, Mrs. Brinkater's part of VBS is the best part. <laughs> so Faithy's a, she's in there being a little team leader and taking the kids through station to station. And she's not the senior team leader. She's one of the little junior ones, but she just loves being there with the kids. And she always, the kids and Faithy look forward to Coach Carrie's part of VBS every single day. You know, this there's a scripture this week that I really want to share because it really colors everything we do at, at Love Talk. You know, we're, we try and be very vulnerable, very genuine, very honest um, with our lives and the way that God is working in our lives. And we always uh, try and base what we're doing on God's word. And so the key verse that we have for today's program comes straight from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39. And, and this is Christ talking, and he's, he's talking to the people. He's talking specifically to the Pharisees, and he says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is they who bear witness about me. Mm-hmm. And I love that we can go to scriptures and find Christ in the scriptures, that all scripture is God-breathed, and it bears witness to the truth of Christ. And, you know, Carrie, I dropped off uh, uh, Aaliyah at Baylor for orientation in line camp. And one of the things that really enabled me to do it with a peace in my heart is that all over Baylor, they have scripture. Mm-hmm. They have scripture talking about the depth and the width of Christ's love for them. They have scripture uh, talking about grace and forgiveness. And so I love the fact that Aaliyah is going to be inhaling and exhaling scripture as she goes through these four years of her life at Baylor. So it was just such a great joy to see a a university who stands firm on the word of God and who just does it in a a non-pretentious way, just such a genuine loving way. And that's what we try and do here on Love Talk as well. Well, I'm ready to introduce her. Are we good? Go for it. Okay. I want to tell you about this place. This Museum of the Bible, I went there March of 2018 with a group of national prayer leaders, and we stepped into this this museum with 40-foot-tall bronze doors that are all engraved, and, and we walked into this 430,000-square-foot structure that had uh, like 11 galleries. I knew that it had over 600 artifacts, I mean, historical artifacts having to do with the Bible, with scripture. But I had no idea what God had in store for us there. It was so much better, so much more, so engaging. It was such a life-changing experience. And the Museum of the Bible truly is an engaging witness to the truth and significance of God's word right in the middle of our nation's capital. And today, friends, we get to hear from a person behind the scenes every day about the incredible impact this treasure is having in the heart of our nation. Welcome Heather Sermo, Communications Manager for the Museum of the Bible. Welcome, Heather. We're so glad to have you on our program today. It's so good to be with you all. 
Well, so tell us, how did you get involved with Museum of the Bible? Tell us a little bit about yourself. We have so many questions for you today. Mm -hmm. But before we start talking about the museum, we'd like to hear just a little bit about you. Sure. Well, I've been in the D.C. area for 23 years, which is surprising to me. Um, <laughs> but it sucked me in, um, and I've been involved in, on the communication side of things for that whole time and a lot of different organizations. Um, but I had the opportunity to work with a public relations firm that was helping to open the Museum of the Bible, and that was such a thrilling experience and, I would say, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me because I don't think I'm ever going to help – open a 430,000 square feet museum of, to anything, but uh, definitely not to something as uh, unique and amazing and influential as the Bible. So I was very privileged to be part of that. And then um, earlier this year, I came on staff at the museum um, to continue to promote the good work that they are doing. Wow, that sounds like a great adventure. Sounds like you and Kathy have some things in common. She um, has also opened uh, with public relations, opened some some wonderful places. So I, it's interesting to hear that you guys have that in common. Now, Heather, could you tell us what is the mission of the Museum of the Bible? Sure, it is to invite all people to engage with the Bible. Um, we have three floors dedicated. To um, one's dedicated to the history of the Bible, another is the impact of the Bible, and another to the stories of the Bible. So the whole point is not to promote a particular faith, but to promote a book. And whether you have no knowledge of the Bible or you think you know everything about the Bible, we hope that everyone who comes learns something new and um, their interest in the Bible is peaked and they'll go and study it more for themselves. Okay, now when I went there with our group of national prayer leaders back in March of 2018, I noticed that there were lots of children and families visiting. But, you know, when I think of a museum, I don't really think, oh, great, let's take kids there. But <laughs> do the young kids actually stay engaged? I mean, it, it was amazing how many families I, I saw. And it seemed like the kids were, were doing qu quite a bit. How, how do they stay engaged at the Bible and, and do they? You know what? There is really something for everyone. The museum caters to all different learning styles, whether you um, learn through touch or through sight or through your ears. There is something for you. And so that's why it's such a great museum for kids. Now, there is a kids area where there are things you can play with that are inspired by stories from the Bible. Um, that's on our first floor. So there's definitely an opportunity for kids to kind of just run around and get some of their wigglies out. But on every floor, there is something for children. And um, you're right. On any given day, you can see families staying engaged with what is here. Um, two of my favorite things here at the museum are especially for families. Um, there's this uh, exhibit called the Hebrew Bible Walkthrough Experience. And it's a 30-minute uh, walkthrough where you go to different rooms and it tells a story of the Hebrew Bible, and that's also known as the Old Testament, but we don't want to ostracize um, Jewish people who call it the Hebrew Bible. So they call it the Hebrew Bible, um, and you learn about the different stories of the Hebrew Bible, but it's an immersive experience. So you're part of it, and through light, through sound, um, through different um, uh, art even, you learn about those stories. And everybody who goes through there is just happy they did. You could stand outside the exit doors and ask people, 
what do you think about that? And no one's going to say, you know what, that's boring, or I've done something very similar to that before. It really is a memorable experience. And so that's one of them. And the other one is a ride. We actually have a ride that takes you over D.C., and you can see different places where Scripture is um, on monuments and buildings in D.C., and they're, they're surprising places like the tip of the Washington Monument. And then you can go as a family to explore those places yourself um, throughout the city afterwards. Wow, that sounds absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm so envious that I have not been to Museum of the Bible yet, but hoping to take a trip there before my kids graduate high school for sure. Heather, we're going to need to take our break. Listening friends, when we return, more about Museum of the Bible, a very unique place. And we want you to hear all about it when we come back to Love Talk. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock, and in studio today with Coach Carrie Brinkater and our very special guest straight from Washington, D.C., and the Museum of the Bible, Heather Sirmo, Communications Manager for Museum of the Bible. And this is an incredible museum right in the heart of our nation. I went there in March of 2018, and now the, and the um, museum had just opened November of 2017. So it was relatively new. We'd been talking about it for so long. We'd been so excited to go and see it. And, um, and now, Heather, in our first segment, you were talking to us about the three different levels of Museum of the Bible, that there's a history level, an impact level, and a stories level. And you mentioned your two favorite uh, exhibits, and you talked about um, that the Hebrew Bible walkthrough with its lights and sound and art. And I, I remember that. I remember going through that and the uh, getting to kind of experience the flood and the music that was there and the, the sound that was there and the visuals. Just everything gave me a very different uh just experience of that, those passages in Scripture, that his historical significance of Scripture than what I had ever had before. It was so impactful to me. And one of the things that I love, Heather, that you said is this is not a Christian museum. This is a museum made to uh, share this book that has had a powerful impact throughout throughout the history of our civilizations. And... Um, so uh, we have a we have a couple uh, qu- questions for you, Carrie. I know you have one that you've been wanting to ask, and I'll turn that over to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, Heather, I know that you know a lot a lot of different people come there, and that is the purpose of the museum. It's it's not just for the Christian faith; it's for all people to interact with the Bible. Do you have any stories that you could share with us for pe- from people who have come to the museum? questioning, searching, just, uh, you know, any testimonials? Sure. Um, we just started uh, gathering data from from guests, um, you know, for marketing purposes. We There are a lot of testimonials out there that you can find on social media, if any of your listeners want to do that, where people just kind of freely express their, their visit um, and, and what they are taking away from it. Um, but we just started gathering uh, research, and one of the things that um, came back and surprised us, but it was exactly why this museum was established, is an atheist came, self-identified, and, and said that, I'm an atheist, but I love this place. <laughs> and, you know, and, and if we were, if this, if this Bible museum were, 
the museum of for Christians, then mm-hmm. inevitably people would feel like they who don't subscribe to Christian faith would feel like they weren't welcome here. So mm-hmm. that, this was very intentional and. And the, the founders of the museum worked with a wide variety of scholars to ensure that this place um, was indeed welcoming to everybody, whether you have a faith or no faith. Um, so another question that we've been asking people is, now that you've visited Museum of the Bible, how will you next engage with the Bible? And so most respondents, over 40%, said that they would like to participate in a more in-depth study of the history, impact, and narrative, narrative of the Bible. Um, and then in second place, people said they want to read the Bible. And that's the whole point. We want to pique your interest. We want to spark your curiosity into this, this very influential, controversial, the most banned book mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the world, the best-selling book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why there's this 430,000-square-foot uh, museum for the Bible. It could have been even bigger, um, but it is, it's definitely one of the biggest museums in, in D.C., and that reflects just how influential this book has been. So I'm assuming that the Hebrew Bible exhibit is probably on the stories uh, section of, of the museum. Tell us a little bit about the section, the impact section of the museum. Sure. Um, that's on our second floor, and um, it is definitely our most interactive and technologically advanced floor. Um, you, on one side, you have uh, the, the impact of the Bible in America in particular, and there's this beautiful tapestry um, that gives you some key events and people um, throughout the history of, of America who, who were influenced by the Bible, and then you can you can start from the beginning and go to Martin Luther King, um, and see how the Bible has influenced our history up to that point. Obviously, mm-hmm. we could go further, and maybe someday we will. Um, but that was just a good <laughs> stopping point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you turn the corner, and then you can see the Bible's impact um, in the world, and all, it's divided into subject areas like prison reform, literature, mm-hmm. science, um, even our calendars, uh, the way we the way we come together and eat, um, it's it's really amazing how influential the Bible is. Names, you know. And then our last section is the Bible now. And that is really an amazing room where you just go in and you can see how people are interacting with the Bible um, online. What are, the, what are the most quoted Bible verses in any country? You can just click on a country and it'll tell you the verse that, that's trending right now. And you can also um, record a message in our Joshua machine uh, telling your own testimony of how the Bible's impacted you. And you can also listen to a different people's testimonies. Um, so, again, there's a lot of opportunity for you to interact if you want to. Um, but uh, you can also just go around and just take it all in. So you're telling me that some total techie guy who wants to be interested in the single best-selling book in the history of the world and the single most banned book in the history of the <laughs> yeah. world, if they want to go and see which Bible verse is trending in Kenya or in mm-hmm. the Dominica or in the U.S. Virgin Islands, they can get on and click and find that out? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Well, that is really, really cool. I, I, 
wow, this is not, this museum does not fit the stereotypical definition of museum. Walk through, hands behind your back, look at things, you know. Don't touch. Don't touch. It's uh, incredibly interactive and uh, very, very up to date. I mean, 21st century, obviously you guys opened in 2017. What a testament this is to this book that is, Loved by many and hated by many. Can I talk food for just a minute yes. here? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I, you know, I was I was raised with a Baptist background, so food is very important to us. Um, and so when I went there and I got a tour, this super got nice guy, uh, Matthew, I think it's Bornstein, I want to say, he was giving me a tour, and he said, hey, if you want to go and get very authentic food that you would find if you went to one of the little stands in Jerusalem, you can actually go into the restaurant and the recipes are authentic. The way it's prepared, what they put on top of it, everything, it will be exactly like you would get if you were dining in Jerusalem. And I thought, well, that's, there's just no way. So we went there and it was amazing. It was so, I mean, this was not like museum food, like a hot dog and hamburger, right? No, it was nothing like that. It was so good. It was so tasty. And then the chef came out and had a word with us and actually mm. talked with us and, and shared a little bit about his background. And it was just, I mean, there was nothing here that was ordinary when I wow. went. It was all just authentic and incredible, such an experience from beginning to end. That's amazing. So did was the chef from Jerusalem? Uh, did he have a history there? Do you even remember? You know, he was... You know, I, go ahead, Heather. Oh, Heather. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Heather. You answered that question. <laughs> uh, chef Todd Gray is actually a really well-known uh, chef in D.C. He has another restaurant called Equinox. He's won awards. Um, for his cuisine, and then his wife is also a partner with him. She is Jewish, um, and so together they they wanted to come and make an authentic experience for Museum of the Bible uh, guests. And there's a real trend in museums right now, um, especially we're seeing it in D.C., even at the African American History Museum, to have really good food served at the restaurants. So that even people could just come in from um, businesses around the museum to eat at the restaurant. So, you know, Museum of the Bible wanted to be part of that trend. And Chef Todd Gray and his wife Ellen came on board and said, yes, we want we want to be a part of this. And they also provide all the catering for any events that happen at Museum of the Bible. So we're actually starting to do a new thing where um, we do food that is surrounding a particular exhibit or perhaps um, a, a time period. So on a daily basis, the restaurant called Mana will have food that's inspired by the Bible and they'll have names that are Bible names um, and it's all Mediterranean food. But uh, we just had a, an event that focused on Roman cuisine and it really took you back to that era and we had a curator here who talked about the food that they were eating. Um, so we're really trying to be creative through food because Hey, the way to engage people is oftentimes through their bellies. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's why Baptists do it. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. I I just, I really cannot get over how interactive this is and how engaging this is. Um, You know, 
so many people are taking summer vacations. You just gave us an example of some things that you guys are doing as far as having food right there around the exhibits and, uh, you know, really introducing the Mediterranean culture, the Roman culture. You know, Kathy and Heather, I think something that I've learned over the years, my my kids attend a, a private classical Christian school, and when they're younger, they learn the Bible according to history, and it was it was really they have these timelines in their rooms, and it really brings things to life. Whenever you look at what was going on around the world during as you look at the stories especially in the old testament right okay what was going on around the world uh, in other parts of the world um when the egyptians um and the israelites you know were having conflict what was going on also what was going on in the new testament with uh, the roman culture um when jesus was walking the earth that is fascinating because we see snippets of it in the Bible, but to look at it in the whole depth and breadth of what was really occurring in the world is stunningly fantastic. Friends, when we Mm -hmm. return to Love Talk, we'll have more from Heather Sirmo from the Museum of the Bible. I, I am so fascinated by this place. I want to jump on a plane tomorrow and go visit. When we return to Love Talk, we'll hear more about Museum of the Bible right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkater and Kathy Enderbrock, in studio today, loving our time with Heather from the Museum of the Bible. What a treat for us, communications manager. And, you know, Kathy, you have talked about this museum now for 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 a year um, and just what an impact it had on you uh, when you were able to visit a year and a half ago and just so thankful that that we're now able to share this experience with our listening friends and hopefully some of our listening friends will get online and share that and maybe plan a vacation Heather before we ask our next question could you tell us how people can find Museum of the Bible on line? Sure. Um, you can just go to museumofthebible.org and there's our website and you can easily buy tickets. You can become a member and you can also just get a, a lay of the land of the museum. Oh, wonderful. Um, All right. This is definitely a bucket list item. I will tell you, if you've been to D.C. and you say, oh, I've been there, I've done that, I've been to D.C., you need to go back to D.C. <laughs> because <laughs> if you have missed Museum of the Bible, you have missed a major attraction point within the heart of our nation. Just talking about being a witness to the impact that Scripture has had throughout history. It's just incredible when we see, as we were saying earlier, the single best best-selling book and the most banned book in the history of, of our globe. Uh, that That's pretty amazing. What makes people come alive with this book? What makes people fear this book? I mean, it is all laid out. And as Heather was sharing with us earlier, this is not a Christian museum. This is not for Christians that only Christian. You, you don't go there to have a sermon, okay? That, that's not what you go there for. You go there to engage 
uh, this book, to learn about this book, to find out about this book. And I will tell you, you leave changed. You, you do. You, it, it just impresses itself upon you. You experience it in a way that you have never experienced it before. I would say it's kind of similar as a trip to going to Jerusalem, going to the homeland and having um, just these stories come to life before you. you get to engage through technology, visuals, music, everything. It's so incredible. Um, now, now, Heather, one of the things I love about the Museum of the Bible is that it's not just, hey, we set this up, everything's in there, you get what you get once you've seen it, you've seen it, but you guys are always doing new things, bringing in new exhibits, changing out stuff. So what what's going on there now that I, uh, that I didn't get to see when I was there March 2018? Sure. Um we have right now the Weidman Bible. It's a German-produced Bible by this artist named Willie Weidman, um, who's no longer alive, but he took many, many years of his life to create the longest illustrated Bible ever created. Um, and just recently, we organized an event where we had to have 300 volunteers, and we all spread out around the Lincoln Reflecting Pool, which is a mile long, by the way, and were able to uh, unfurl this whole Bible which we normally can't see in the exhibit space. It's not big enough. And not only was that just fun to see it out there, um, but it was also fun to see people just on the mall on a Saturday wondering what the heck we're doing (laughs) and looking at what we're holding up and going, oh, wow, is this the Bible? Because if there aren't any words, it's all images. Um, And so it's a very easy way to kind of get people thinking about what's in the Bible. Um, and then we have another exhibit that just opened this summer, and it's a glow-in-the-dark apocalyptic tapestry exhibit. Uh, very unique, um, and it, all, it tells the story of the Book of Revelation. It's an Australian artist who took 17 years to do this amazing tapestry that glows in the dark. Um, and we have iPads that help you engage with this artifact or an exhibit more uh, in, in depth. And um, I think it's really going to be one of those exhibits people go, wow, that was really, really unusual. Mm. Sounds fantastic. I am trying to picture in my head right now what that looked like. With 300... <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to. I don't you think so. Our... I don't think so either. You can go on our website and get a little bit of an indication of what, it, what it's like, and you can see the artist uh, kind of working on it. So you really, it really is one of those things you have to come and, and see for yourself. So come. Oh, man. Yes, I need to. And and the other thing I'm trying to picture in my head is you guys lined up around the reflecting pool. What you know, that's that that in of itself is is um, just visual imagery. You know, what are we going to reflect on as we in our own lives as we look at this beautiful, these beautiful illustrations from this German artist that put this together um, over. So did it wrap around? So was it over a mile long, the pages, as you guys spread them out? Yeah, yeah. So everyone oh, had to man. hold up a, a, a page or two. And then, you know, we had 300 volunteers all standing around the pool. And we had to have, uh, you know, people on a cart take the, the artifact around so that, you know, it could spread all around the reflecting pool. But, yeah, so it took a lot of time. Yet You had to stand there for two or three hours to have it unfold and then fold it back up again. Um, but during that time, you had all these passers passers-by wondering what you're doing and um and you're able to talk to them about it so it was it was a great engagement opportunity for for the museum 
Sounds like the communications person, uh, manager at the Museum of the Bible is pretty fantastic. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> it's a great idea, Heather. It's a fantastic idea just to, to kind of give life to those images and, and just show uh, the vastness of the Bible. Just fantastic. Wow. And so, Heather, I have a question for you. For those individuals that are are, are coming to Washington, D.C., that want to come and see Museum of the Bible, is it is it hard to get? I mean, I can tell you, I know the answer is no. Okay, I know the answer to this question, <laughs> but I'm going to let Heather answer it. Are, are, is it hard to get to? Is it costly to get into? You know, do you have to take a special train and drive two hours to get mm-hmm. there? Or, I mean, how accessible is this museum? It is very accessible. It's just three blocks away from the mall, um, very close to the Capitol. And we're also right at a metro station. So, um, you know, we, the parking is just like in all of D.C. It's not easy. So um, intentionally, the museum was created to be very accessible by, by metro. Um, but even if you're just walking around museums, you know, we're right, right by the Air and Space Museum. Um, we're, we're very close to all the other tourist attractions. So, um, you know, you could probably easily come here by foot and then go to other places while you're here. And as far as the cost, there is a cost. It's, uh, $24.95 for, um, for adults and it's a little bit cheaper for children. But if you go online, you get $5 off the price. So I definitely encourage you to go online or you, you can become a member of the museum. Um, and I would encourage that anyway if you believe in the mission of museum of the bible um so if you become a member then you get access to the museum for the whole year you get uh um tickets to some experiences that cost a little bit extra like the washington revelations ride that i was just telling you about before and you also get free guided tours in addition to um a heads up on things that are coming to the museum and early entry to the museum so there are a lot of benefits to membership but even if you don't live close to the museum if you're getting a membership and you're helping to underwrite this museum because we actually need donations to stay afloat. And now this was so interesting. I remember prior to being opened, a girlfriend of mine sent me this thing saying, hey, Kathy, you can get your name on this wall of Museum of the Bible and you can become a, a, a museum member and here's all the benefits. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this place? Oh, it looks so cool. And so for a Christmas gift for my parents, I got them a, a membership as well and had my daddy's name added to sure. the wall of names. And so it was amazing. So much fun when I when I went there. I actually got to go and put in his name and it showed me where on the wall his name was located. Now, is is that still something that people get to do or has that name wall kind of reached its maximum? <laughs> we are still collecting names, although we have, I will admit, we've fallen a little bit behind in adding the name just because there's been so much going on at the museum, but that project is still going on and you will eventually see your name up there. I just can't guarantee it's going to be on the next visit. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a neat idea. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, you guys have had a lot going on since your opening and sounds like adding new things all the time. Now, Heather, I know that this museum is just so special. Kathy, at the very beginning, mentioned the aesthetics as you as you approach the front door. Tell us about about that feeling as you are approaching the museum. Sure. It's a beautiful building, both on the outside as well as the inside. Um, and there was a lot of thought that went into the design 
of the museum. In fact, the museum hired um, a leading architecture firm to come in and to think about how to repurpose the space that used to be a refrigerated warehouse. It was not attractive at all. It was a big challenge for someone to make this really ugly building into what it is today, but also preserving some of that former building. Um, so there's that history there. Um, so yeah, the, the Gutenberg gates, what we call them, because it's a it's an ode to Gutenberg, who obviously is the reason that we have uh, such easy access to the Bible today. Um, and we, and the funny thing is, we uh, sometimes even have um, the Gutenberg gates. They have their own Twitter handle, and they'll make observations about DC life. Not controversial, not political, uh, but kind of just giving some personality to the museum. Uh, but then you walk in, and uh, you'll look up uh, when you get into the museum, and there's one of the longest digital ceilings in the world and you'll see just different artwork that was inspired by the Bible. And it's you if you stood there the whole day you probably wouldn't see the same piece of artwork. So it it would be fun just to put a sleeping bag down there and just stare up the whole day. Um and you wouldn't even have to pay admission, you could just stay there. <laughs> anyway. Hey maybe that's your next that. maybe that's your next uh communications gig right there. Uh, you know that's a sleepover right. Right. right there underneath the art. <laughs> that's very true. But we also really encourage people to, um, as they're coming in and, and, you know, to take pictures and to, you know, post them on social media so that people, um, you know, know that they're there and they can see for themselves how beautiful this place is. Um, and so, you know, we can talk about it all we want and we can put stuff on our own website, but it's really visitors who come and, and show their friends what they find to be impressive about the place that really helps us out a lot. So I encourage your, your listeners to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and um, to engage with us there. Well, okay, we we have our last break before we finish our final segment. And I just every, you know, I just cannot believe how quickly these programs go. Heather, we have just had such a fantastic time hearing about Museum of the Bible. One of the things I'd like to talk about when we get back is were you amazed at how much scripture was actually placed by our founding fathers throughout Washington, D.C., and what some of that scripture says? Where is some of that scripture located? I know our listening friends are going to want to hear this. We're going to go take a break to our amazing, wonderful sponsors. Without them, we would not have Love Talk on the air. So make sure, listening friends, to uh, check out our, our sponsors, and we'll be right with you right after this. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock on Love Talk here on KTXW, the Bridge Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership with you and with our nation. Friends, it's been such a pleasure today to be able to talk with the communications manager from Museum of the Bible, Heather Sermo. We've been learning so much about this incredible museum right in the heart of our nation, right in downtown Washington, D.C., right off the mall. Such an exciting place to visit. Heather, we are in our last segment, so we're we're running out of time, but we still have a couple questions that we really want you to share with everyone. You talked about this one ride that people can get on uh, that has been just such a favorite of so many. It was one of the highlights of my trip where you get to, in 4D, literally go around Washington, D.C. and see where our founding fathers have placed scripture all over the heart of our capital and all over the city. Can you tell us what what scripture, where is it, and what was maybe one that was the biggest surprise to you personally when you said, there's scripture there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember all the exact scriptures that are in these places, but I can refer to where they are. So um, the Library of Congress has has uh, Bible references, the Supreme Court, uh, the Capitol building, uh, several National Park Service monuments like the Jefferson Memorial and the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, Lincoln Memorial. The most surprising for me was the tip of the Washington Monument, and I think it says, glory to God. Mm. Um, but who would know that, right? Because, you know, <laughs> you're not going to be, even if you uh, are able to go inside the Washington Monument, which you can, um, you, you can't get out and climb to the top and, and see mm-hmm. what's up there. So it's almost like these little uh, secrets that the, um, the, the builders of these monuments decided to place somewhere in there that we we could find later on but um it's a really fun ride and as i said before you know once you go on this ride we encourage you uh whether you're individuals or families to go out and look for them yourselves to try to find them and to try to find more we're not it's definitely not all-inclusive uh there are more places where the bible is mentioned because the influence is just so vast i who who would ever think that on the very tippy top of the washington monument there's a scripture. It's it's unbelievable, and it's just a testament to our nation's history um, as people designed these wonderful places to show us our nation's history, and there's a scripture all over it. Now, uh, during the break, I have to confess, I got on Twitter, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at uh, not only just Museum of the Bible Twitter handle here, but also the Gutenberg Gates, uh, so incredibly entertaining. These this gate, these doors are so beautiful. Now, Heather, I see that there's a replica of these gates on display in um, Oklahoma. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, there, there, there was. There was. Okay. Um, in the days leading up to the opening of the museum, there was a traveling Gutenberg gate to kind of drum up uh, all this anticipation for the museum's mm-hmm. opening. But little things like that, we really want to try to to bring some parts of the museum out to the United States and even the world because we realize that, you know, people kind of have to see it, uh, get a taste for it to actually get out here and, and see it for themselves. Not everybody. Some people, it's already on their bucket list because they love the Bible. But other people, you know, they kind of need to have their hands held. And we're willing to do that because we want them to see for themselves that it's not just for Christians or Jews or Catholics. It is a place for everybody. It's so neat that these um, gates were designed after the printing plates that would have been used by Gutenberg. And so the Latin on these gates are backwards because it, it, it would, you know, it's a rec- replica of the printing plate. So it's intentionally mm-hmm. backwards because those printing plates would have been used to transfer the letters to paper that's flipping it. So unbelievable. I mean, my kids study Latin, Kathy's kids study Latin. So that is fascinating. It's just amazing that you've done everything so accurate, so precise. It's it's nothing like, oh, this will be close enough, or eh, willy-nilly, or eh, whatever. It is very precise. You guys have gotten together with experts in the field, as you said earlier, to make sure that everyone is welcome in this museum. Now, Heather, when we're talking about this summer series, A Day in the Life of a Witness, you basically are sharing scripture, sharing this book, sharing this this life-changing, history-making book with just thousands and thousands of people. How, how has that changed your life? How has that shaped the person that you are? Well, definitely. I, I um, have been influenced by the Bible, and I, I knew that already uh, before I started this job, but I've learned 
that I was pretty ignorant of the extent to which the Bible has impacted my life and my world. And so every day, if I go into the museum, and I'm not kidding, I learn something new. I just take five minutes, go out to the museum, stretch my legs, uh, get my steps in, right? And um, I can I can just learn something new, and and that's just a real privilege. I don't take it for granted, and I I frankly wish everybody could have that same access that I have. So I I um I do challenge everybody to go on the website. You'll even learn something new on the website, but we hope that that will really pique your interest, and you'll want to come here and see the whole thing for yourself. You probably won't be able to see the whole thing in a day, but at least get a, a real strong taste of what's here. Now, and Heather, I have a question for you. How can people make Museum of the Bible part of their lives now until they can actually get there? I mean, what are the what are the social media handles that they can go and plug into? Sure. Uh, you can go to Twitter, and we are Museum of Bible. That's the handle. Same for Instagram, Museum of Bible, and Facebook is Museum of the Bible. But if you type in Museum of Bible, you also you'll also easily find it. And please follow us, engage with us. We are very quick to respond. Um, we love hearing from people and we're eager to answer your questions. And also do, you know, when you are here, please do um, post your pictures and, and, and give us your feedback. We, we really enjoy that. And you're helping other people as well um, come to the museum. Wonderful. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. We have just gotten a tiny taste of the vastness of what you get to experience on a daily basis. We sure do appreciate you joining us. Again, Museum of the Bible, you can find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and go to their website at museumofthebible.org. Thank you, Heather, so much for joining us. Yeah, have a great day. Just continue doing what you were doing. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you again so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Wow, friends, what a treat. We we hope you have had as much fun as Kathy and I have had. Kathy, I'm super jealous that you guys got to do that last year. Um, I, I'm, I'm sinning right now, as Miss Evelyn would say. I'm sinning right now. I'm coveting that you have already been to Museum of the Bible. I know what an impact that has had on you. Um, you know, this book, Kathy, it, it's alive. It's not just a book. It's one of the, if not the most controversial book ever in history. Ever. I mean, you talk about, you, you would say there would be one, one thing if it was the best-selling book in all of history, right? You'd go, oh, okay, well, it's a really good read. But then when you say, well, and, and by the way, it's the most banned book in all of history. What? It's the best-selling and it's the most banned. It has had the most impact, more than any book. And the incredible thing is, even though it was inspired, it was written it was even though it was inspired by God, it says that scripture is breathed by the word by by it the scripture is breathed by okay. Harry, <laughs> I'm dying here. What is it? It's, it's breathed by God. Breathed by God. Yes, but, but it, it, it is, is written by men yeah. and I think we have over sixty authors, don't we? Yes. It's, it's just a mm-hmm. massive number of men who have actually penned this book and it's been passed down unchanged through thousands of years it's so incredible so impactful and it is life-changing and there's this uh scripture that i love in colossians it's it's the third chapter of colossians in the new testament and uh chapter 3 verse 16 and it, it urges 
It urges each of us to let this word dwell richly in our heart. It's actually called, it, it's referred to as the word of Christ. Because remember, you know, in that, in that opening key verse, Christ himself said that you can't get eternal life from scripture, but scripture bears witness to Jesus Christ whom you can go to, guess what, for eternal life. So, uh, you know, you do go to Scripture to meet Christ. And so Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in your heart. And so the more we engage Scripture and allow it to dwell richly in our heart, the more we're able to be alive, filled with joy, filled with wisdom, filled with strength, and able to face the day that, that's ahead of us. Because, boys, some days are a whole lot harder than others. Absolutely, Kathy. And, you know, the more that we get into Scripture, I, I really firmly believe the better handle we have on all of the ugly and the crazy, when it's thrown at us, as we hide that scripture in our hearts, it, it doesn't seem so ugly and so crazy. It, 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 there's always a way to handle that. That scripture has shown us how to handle that. I tell my kids all the time, you're putting tools in your toolbox. You're putting tools in your toolbox. Hey, I see that you're really upset about this. I know you have a tool in your toolbox for that, right? Um, because the scripture is so full of, of ways that we can handle life and you know the more you read it the the better handle you have on those things it's so true the more you're equipped the more peace that you have just covering your heart covering your mind and friends i tell you today jesus christ invites us to spend time personally with him you can open scripture and ask that his spirit would would just be there revealing the truth of his word to you and he'd like to begin a personal relationship with you today if you do not have a personal relationship with him he makes it so easy. It's so easy. It's it's a very easy conversation that you can have. You just you admit, Lord, you are that you just admit that you're a sinner, that you're in need of a savior. You cannot fix yourself on your own. You cannot be your own truth. You cannot save yourself. You're a sinner in need of a savior, and you turn to him and you just confess, you, you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the promised one who was sent to save you from your sin, that he did die on that cross uh, on that cross as payment for the sin that you should have had to pay. And then you just accept that free gift. You, you accept that free gift of life that he paid on your behalf and that you confess he is Lord over my life, that he is God over my, my heart, that he is the new CEO, that he is in charge and I am not in charge. Friends, we just encourage you to do that today. Uh, and if you do uh, have that conversation with him, if you do have that prayer, you call us. Um, on the love line at 512-249-6535 or email us at lovetalknetwork.com or come see us at lovetalknetwork.com. We will send you a Bible. And remember, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and visit us. Join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. I'm Kathy Enderbrock. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we'll see you next time on, on Love, love Talk. Talk.